Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. I am so excited to walk with you today. In today's episode, every day you face many difficult situations. It could be in a relationship where there is struggle. It could be in facing yet more change in your personal life or at work. How you face these situations will mark your life, will become a differentiator on so many levels for your life. In today's episode, we talk about what's at stake when you face the difficult, what we call, of course, last 8% situations. Excited to be here? I certainly am. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as you are able. It is great to be with you today. So start by letting go of whatever you were thinking about, whatever planning or thinking about the past or getting stuck in a worry of some sort. And just let that be and come into this moment and feel your feet on the ground. As you know, if you're a longtime listener, we know that physical sensations only occur in the present moment, unlike thoughts. And so let's let go of thinking and just be in this moment, feeling our feet contact the ground. And feel your breath come in, a few deep breaths, feeling your belly rise and fall and settle into awareness of the body. Let the breath come into its own natural rhythm. As you know, this is not a breathing exercise. Mindfulness is not about calming the mind. It's an exercise in awareness. We use the breath as a vehicle for being aware. So as you notice your belly rising and falling, you might be aware of sounds that come into your field of awareness, background sounds, my voice. And when you do, simply notice hearing, hearing, And notice how the sound comes and goes, and then return to the breath. 
And you might notice as you're feeling your feet on the ground or your belly rising and falling, sensations in the body, pressure, tightness, tingling, vibration. If any physical sensation becomes predominant, simply be aware of that sensation. And again, notice how it changes. When it's no longer predominant, just return to the breath. And your mind might wander, which it might have just done as I gave you a few moments without my voice. And so be aware of any thoughts or images that appear in the mind that may have carried you away. You get momentarily lost in your thought. And at a certain point, you become aware that you are thinking. And then you can just make a soft mental note, thinking, thinking. And the key is if you can highlight the awareness of thought as opposed to getting lost in the thought or lost in the story. And then notice what happens to the thought at the moment of awareness. Does it continue? Does it disappear? And when the thought is no longer there, simply return to the belly or the body. The belly rising, falling, or feet on the ground. And in this way, we are simply being mindful moment to moment. And the key is that we're starting to see how our experiences, thoughts take our mind away, stories we get caught up in. And through this practice of awareness, we begin to see the changing nature of all these phenomena. Things are arising and passing away constantly. And in the noticing and awareness of this process of change, things arising and passing, it helps the mind no longer cling. And it's this essence of non-clinging. That's the point of mindfulness practice. Because you will face challenging situations during the day and you can get attached to a strong emotion, a thought, a story. And what we're doing is we're building a practice so that we can see more clearly how things come and go and how we can become less hooked to our thoughts, to the stories. This is how we become a student of human behavior through a very direct practice. So just stand tall, look around, feel grateful. Feel your hands and arms and any sensations that are present. And if your mind wanders again, just note it's wandered and come back to the belly or whatever you're paying attention to. And in that moment, you grew some insight. That's the point. Life is constantly changing, constantly throwing some challenging situations at us. 
Our goal is to learn how to surf, right? You can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. Fantastic. Now let's move to our idea of the day. You want to be effective and productive at work. You want to build your career. You want to build your team to be high performing. You want to have good relationships at work and at home with your partner or with your kids. And maybe you've gone through some challenging times, right? But you have this aspiration and you face challenges such as a tension in a relationship, difficult change, or a tough conversation that you know you need to have. What you are facing is known as a last 8%, which is those difficult situations, those challenging decisions, those tough conversations that we face. And in our research, we find that we get to about 92% of what we want to say in a difficult conversation. And when we get to that more difficult part, the part that has consequences for possibly that other person, we struggle. And for 68% of us from our data, we avoid. For 32%, this is when we struggle with the last 8%. We try, but we make a mess. We come on too strong. We get too emotional. And we have impact we don't intend. So last 8% are the difficult conversations, decisions, tasks that we face. And our data tells us that most of us avoid. The rest of us make a mess. Not always. There's, there's a way through, which is that third way, which is what we practice, of course, in this whole podcast and in our the work we do at our organization. But the bottom line is you are not alone in facing these difficult situations. Shannon Alder said, courage doesn't happen when you have all the answers. It happens when you are ready to face the questions you have been avoiding your whole life. All right, so you have this aspiration, but you face these challenging situations, last 8%. And what's at stake if we can't overcome the barrier, which is really the point of this podcast today? Well, there are really three on the business side, and there's a couple on the personal side. So let's talk about this. Number one, if you're a manager of others, a leader, if you work on a team, you don't just, you don't have to be a manager or leader. And you avoid doing what's difficult, making the tough call, having the tough conversation. In that moment, others who are on the team with you are watching you avoid or make a mess. But because most of us avoid, avoid. And because of something called the cortisol effect, when we're under pressure, there's more cortisol in our brain. One of the effects of cortisol is that it sears in memory in a more profound way. So everyone on your team, if there's pressure in this situation, they all have more cortisol. And when they watch you avoid or make a mess, your behavior gets seared into their brain, creating your reputation. So what's at stake? Your reputation. It doesn't seem fair. You can be great 92% of the time, but in this last 8%, 
if you're not on your game, that's what gets seared into their brain, creating your reputation. And I hate to say it, but reputation, we do a horrible job in organizations in selecting who gets promoted, who gets that next job, that next opportunity. It's not done on merit as much as we want to believe it. It's merit. It's not. It's what people remember. It's an availability bias. And that availability bias, which is whatever, as someone who's making a decision, the information they have most available to them is what will drive the decision. And so what you do in a last 8% situation, which you know drives your reputation, which then becomes the availability bias for that manager who makes the decision. And so that'll drive your career. So number one, what's at stake in the last 8%? Your reputation, your external reputation. But guess what? There's somebody else who's watching. You're watching. And I'll tell you, I happen to be an avoider. That's my predictable default behavior of how I respond. I'm not proud of it, but that's just the way it is. And so when I see myself avoid a tough decision or not following through and having the full conversation with somebody, I see myself avoiding and I start to feel this vicious downward cycle of a bit of shame and embarrassment and it starts to eat away at my confidence. And so my internal reputation goes down. And of course, this affects the next time I'm facing a last 8% because I'll have a little less confidence to step in and do what's difficult. So it compounds. So number one, there's reputation, both external and internal. Number two, results. Your competitors are facing their own last 8%. You don't need to be perfect in the last 8%. You just need to be a little bit better than they are in their last 8%. And in that moment, it becomes a point of difference. It becomes your competitive advantage. Because by definition, it is difficult. So everyone will struggle with it. So the question is, can you have really good conversations on your team compared to your competitors? Can you make difficult calls as you're going through change and make change actually happen, not just attempt change and let it fail because you're not doing difficult things? And in that moment, it becomes a competitive competitive advantage. So our results are at stake as well from the last 8%. And finally, on the business side, culture is at stake and I'm going to talk about this a lot more in future episodes but culture is not driven so what is culture it's the invisible that drives behavior it's the invisible beliefs that people have that drives what is behavior that's allowable that's rewarded in this organization so that's, that's culture, briefly. And again, we'll talk about, more about this in future episodes. But culture is not created by some senior team deciding what the values in an organization are. It's not. Culture is created by what happens 
in a last 8% situation. Again, this is the cortisol effect. So you can say we're a company that believes in compassion or, you know, customer experience, you know, great customer service, whatever. If under pressure, when everyone has cortisol in their brain, if that's not the behavior that you engage in, then that gets seared into the brain of people and they're like, that's not part of your culture. What you do in the last 8% is what becomes your culture. And so you got to be very careful about making sure you have and your teams have tools, skills, strategies to manage those difficult last 8% situations because they become the culture on your teams because of the cortisol effect. And by the way, that's not just all bad. That's good, right? Because it means when you're going through a difficult time, that's the time when you're building your culture. Stand tall, look around, feel grateful. So those are the business side effects of a last 8%. But there's clearly some personal, right? When you struggle with a last 8% in a partner relationship or with kids it can eat away at you keeping you up at night it can affect your health it can diminish your happiness right we we ruminate about when we avoid a situation or tension in a relationship so actually clearing out the residue by having last eight percent brings us more presence right we're more in the moment not thinking about that bad that challenging situation we get better sleep. We have better health. So there's a lot at stake in how we manage, how we deal with last 8%, professionally, personally. So the question is, what do we do? Well, you know, like, what's the plan? It comes down to growing skills to be better in these critical moments. That's the whole point of this podcast and all of our training that we deliver to organizations. At the heart, it's being able to manage your brain, manage your mind under pressure. Being able to manage the internal tensions that you feel, like everyone else, when you face these challenging situations, that internal discomfort that comes when a relationship is struggling and requires a conversation or that feeling that you're going to disappoint someone with a decision around priorities or people. Because at the end of the day, if you want to name an inconvenient truth, which is a last 8% situation, let's say you're on a team or in a family, when you want to name an inconvenient truth, it means that you are risking upsetting others and being cast out of your peer group or your family. And for many, this is too much and they succumb to avoiding. And then this becomes the culture of your group or your family, right? It's a nice culture. It's a family culture, but it's unable to do hard things and it becomes stuck. The exciting part in all of this, the part I hope that you get almost more than anything from this whole podcast many seasons of the podcast is that last 8%, 
while it's something that you typically avoid because it doesn't feel good, it's actually your greatest opportunity to transform. Transform yourself, because every time you step in and do something that was difficult, you build confidence. It goes the other way. You know, your internal reputation goes up as opposed to down. It's your biggest opportunity to transform a relationship. When you actually have that conversation, you end up building more intimacy, even though it was hard. But you each know where you each stand. It transforms your reputation. People look at you as somebody who will do difficult things. And so who would they decide to give a mission-critical project to? You or your team. And then finally, it's the biggest opportunity you have to transform the culture on your team it's the biggest opportunity to differentiate yourself from your competitors and get results and again we're going to talk more about this in future episodes but it is in the difficult in our last eight percent where we really learn the most about ourselves and where we have our biggest opportunity to grow C.S. Lewis said, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. It's in that moment that you need courage. And you build courage by taking a small step in as opposed to away. Approach versus avoid. So, let's go to our three by three. Feel your breath come right down into your toes, calming this body. Take three mindful breaths. Now move to our gratitude. Think of three things that you can feel grateful for in this moment. Fantastic. Now, what are three big rocks you want to focus on for today? Think about organizing this day to really focus on three big rocks or things you want to get done that would make it a really productive day. Fantastic. It is so great to be with you today. As we finish, let's take this energy, this work we put in to know our mind a little bit more intimately, to know ourselves around what we do in a last 8% situation, to know what's at stake, and to recognize there's a lot at stake and we want to live a full life. And we don't have to apologize for doing difficult things to others. We don't have to explain ourselves. Right? We can be driven internally, not by what other people think we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. 
So as we finish, if you're getting something out of the podcast, please share it with others who might be struggling with last 8%. Join our Facebook group. Rate and review. But more important, take action. Keep walking. I enjoy walking with you. I want to finish with a Jean-Luc Godard quote. I must admit, I don't know who Jean-Luc Godard is, (laughs) but I like this quote. He said, he or she who jumps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand and watch. He or she who jumps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand and watch. Have a wonderful day.